السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين Indeed we praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala We send blessings upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam His entire household, all his companions We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless them all and to bless every single one of us and to grant us all goodness in this world as well as the next. Ameen. My beloved brothers and sisters, you and I know that in Islam, pride is something that is prohibited. When we say pride, the English language does not translate the Arabic language correctly or exactly. The reason is in English, you could have the term pride having a good meaning if it is used to mean happy. For example, I am proud to be a Muslim. It doesn't mean I'm arrogant to be a Muslim. It means I'm happy to be a Muslim. So in that sense, you cannot use the Arabic word takabbur or kibr to refer to I'm proud to be a Muslim. We need to understand this. However, when we say pride, it has disastrous effects on us in this world and the next. Let's start off with the hereafter. The Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, لا يدخل الجنة من كان في قلبه مثقال حبة من خردل من كبر. He will not enter paradise in whose heart is the weight of a mustard seed of pride. Which means if you have a little bit of pride in your heart, there's no place for you in heaven. You first need to cleanse yourself, clean yourself. The idea is to warn us to say, be humble, be filled with humility, speak to people correctly. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. At one stage, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had actually said that a person who has pride will not enter Jannah. So what happened is, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum said, O Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we love to have good clothing and our conveyance to be good and so on and so forth. The Prophet ﷺ said, that is not what pride is. That is not meant by the term pride. When you have the latest or the most expensive in terms of clothing, in terms of perhaps a house or a home that you may be living in or a conveyance, a motor vehicle, that's not pride. Pride is to despise people and to reject the truth. بَطْرُ الْحَقِّ وَغَمْطُ nasi. To reject the truth. When someone comes to you and tells you what is right and wrong, and you know it's right, and you still reject it because you are proud. That's a sign of pride. And when you despise and belittle people, you call them cheap names, it's a sign of pride. Who do you think you are? You think you're better than them? So this is why it's important for us to develop a habit of accepting the truth and at the same time being humble when it comes to our relationships and our relations with fellow human beings. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us humbleness and humility. When it comes to this world, Allah says a person who has pride in his heart, he will not be able to accept the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn away from him his signs. So guidance will not come in his direction because of his, his arrogance. Verse number 146 of Surah Al-A'raf. Allah says, سَأَصْرِفُ عَنْ آيَاتِيَ الَّذِينَ يَتَكَبَّرُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ بِغَيْرِ الْحَقِّ Those who are arrogant, we will turn away our signs from them. We will turn away our signs from those who are arrogant and those who tread the earth with arrogance. 
So even if they see all the signs, they won't accept them. If they see the truth, they won't walk with it or they won't side with it. And when they see that which is evil, they will side with it. Because what will happen to their brains? They will be contaminated with the pride that is in the heart. The heart and the brain are closely connected. And this is why it's important for us cleanse the heart in order for the brain as well to be clean. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and may we all save ourselves by the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from this evil quality. We don't want the signs of Allah within us to be rejected and denied and those that are sent to us to be thrown away. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not do that to us. Amen. Then we have from among the benefits of reminding people not to do bad. When the punishment of Allah comes to them, it will not come to you. Subhanallah. When Allah punishes, He punishes in several ways. Number one, He punishes only those who engaged in the evil. And He does not punish the others. Who are those? Those are the ones who used to tell the people who were engaging in evil not to engage in the evil. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse number 164, 165 of Surah Al-A'raf, both those verses are connected to people who used to remind others not to do bad. So some people got to them and said, why are you wasting your time? You know, it happens to us sometimes. You tell someone and you keep on reminding them, you know, brother, fulfill your salah. You know, brother, don't do this. You know, my sister, don't do this. And someone comes to you and says, don't waste your time. Wallahi, it's never a waste of time. It's never a waste of time. Do you know, the benefit of it is when the punishment comes, you will be saved. Because Allah says, when they forgot what they were reminded about, we saved those who used to tell them not to commit the evil. And we seized the rest with the punishment. So this is the first category of people. Only those who used to do the evil, they will be punished. And those who used to prohibit them from it, they will be saved. If you want to save yourself from the punishment, keep reminding those who are doing evil not to do the evil. In that way, Allah keeps on having mercy on you. When the punishment comes, it won't come to you, it will come to them alone. Because in the next surah, verse number 25 of Surah Al-Anfal, Allah says, وَاتَّقُوا فِتْنَةً لَا تُصِيبَنَّ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْكُمْ خَاصَّةً Be careful of trials, calamities, tribulations and tests that will not only strike those who are oppressed, oppressive from amongst you, but even the others. Who are those? Those are those who used to casually sit, they used to watch everyone doing something bad and they didn't used to do anything about it. You need to say something. You need to do something. Minimum is in your heart. You need to feel, Ya Allah, this is bad. Protect me from it. That's the minimum. Allah will save you. But if you don't bat an eyelid, you allow them to do as they wish. You know, the example given by Rasulullah is that of a boat with two decks. If the people from the bottom were lazy to go to the top to get water from those at the top and they decided to be wise and to drill a hole in order to get the water because they are in the water, 
You know, when, they, when you're in a ship and you're in the bottom, you've got to go to the guys at the top who will have to release a bucket into the water and then they will have to bring it in and then give you the water. Then you go down and you give everyone else the water. But you are inside the water and they are not. Well, you need to use your mind. If the people at the top allowed the people at the bottom to drill a hole in order to get the water, they would all have drowned. This is why you need to keep on reminding them, hey, don't drill that hole. Don't drill that hole. We'll all drown if you do. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us and grant us a deep understanding. Brothers and sisters, guidance is in the hands of Allah. He gives it to whomsoever is in search of it. Remember this. Guidance is in the hands of Allah. He says, He gives it to whomsoever is striving to achieve it. Allah says, Those who are striving to please us or in our cause, in our path, in our way, those who are striving and struggling to get closer to Allah, Allah will open the doors of guidance for them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guide them to the paths that lead to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says guidance is in Allah's hands. He will give it to those who are in true search of it. But keep on asking for guidance. Look, like I said yesterday, the dua we make every day, guide us to the straight path. We repeat it so many times. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from us. But in verse number 178 of Surah Al-A'raf, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, The one whom Allah guides is the rightly guided. When Allah guides you, you are rightly guided. And in verse number 186, he says, May Allah protect us. He says, those whom Allah has chosen for them to go astray, nobody will ever be able to guide them. May Allah not make us from those. Sometimes you have intelligent people, highly educated, but they cannot see light from darkness. They cannot understand. Why? Where did it go? It's Allah who takes it away sometimes. Highly educated. You know Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu, he was extremely highly educated and very sharp, intelligent military man. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam made a statement to his brother, al-Walid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu, who accepted Islam earlier when he was in Mecca. And the Prophet says, مَا مِثْلُ خَالِدٍ يَجْهَلُ الْإِسْلَامَ A man as intelligent as Khalid, he cannot be ignorant of the fact that Islam is the correct religion. Subhanallah, look at the statement. He tells his brother, your brother is so sharp, he cannot be ignorant of the fact that this is the truth. In the meantime, at the same moment, Khalid ibn al-Walid was scratching his head and thinking, you know what? I've tried to overcome this army of small number of Muslims so many times and I promise you they are protected by something else as for a military sort of strategy I've tried the best and I have employed the most effective methods on the battlefield but I've never overcome them so there is something about it and what Muhammad is calling towards is something great he's calling towards the worshipping of one Allah so Khalid ibn al-Walid radiallahu anhu comes to Al-Madinah al-Munawwara and he declares his Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us guidance. So the reason I'm making mention of this, if you want to be saved from ignorance, do not only rely on your brain, rely also on dua to Allah because he owns guidance. People think I'm too sharp. It will happen. Don't worry. 
your sustenance, your guidance, your goodness, anything else you want. Your children can be as sharp as they could be. It doesn't mean that they will pass with flying colors all the time. Call out to Allah. Don't just rely on something you can see physically in front of you. Yes, you will make use of it, but you know that guidance is in the hands of Allah. May Allah guide us. Say that so many times a day. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us. Like I said, we repeat it every day in every unit of prayer. Do you know how many times that is? We'd have to sit with a calculator to figure it out. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us truly to the straight path. Amen. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about those who used to worship other human beings. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, those whom they used to call out to, they could not even help themselves. They are worshippers and slaves just like you are. How can you call out to them? Call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Save yourself from being cast into hellfire. Save yourselves from losing your deeds because of association of partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah says, verse number 194 and 197 of Surah Al-A'raf. Indeed, those whom you are calling out to besides Allah, they are slaves and worshippers just like you. They are also creatures of Allah, just like you. فَدْعُوهُمْ Call out to them, let's see. Let them respond to you if you are truthful. Allahu Akbar. And then Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ تَدْعُونَ مِن دُونِهِ لَا يَسْتَطِيعُونَ نَصْرَكُمْ وَلَا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَنصُرُونَ Those whom you are calling out to besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will never be able to help you. In fact, Allah says, وَلَا أَنفُسَهُمْ يَنصُرُونَ They cannot even help themselves. They are equally in need of the mercy of Allah, just like you are. So call out to Allah and Allah alone. The reason we make mention of these verses that are scattered all over the Quran, warning us about calling out to Allah alone, is because wallahi, my brothers and sisters, if we want to be saved from the fire of Jahannam, the main thing that we need to protect ourselves from is to anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the anger of Allah is invoked by us associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May we be from among those who are conscious of this. It is the biggest way that shaitan leads man astray. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard us. This is why Allah says, shaitan will come to you and whisper. Sometimes you're coming out of the masjid and you have a good intention and you see something and your mind is contaminated. And for a moment, shaitan tells you, why don't you commit this sin? No matter what it is, I'm not going to mention the sins. You know them, so many. Say for example, you heard of your a brother or someone else. You know, you read the newspaper and you found how a poor person won the lottery and he became someone who was a multi-millionaire. So now you're walking past and it says lotto, lotto and it's flashing, flashing. You look at it and you say, ah. Shaitan tells you, look, you might, it might just be the winning number. Come on, it might just be. You know, it's so easy. It's only going to cost you $2. Maybe. So now you look at it. You know what? Allah says, that's the whisper of the devil. Watch out. His job is to whisper. He keeps on whispering. You want to get up for Salatul Fajr and you get up. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. You get up. Sometimes Shaitan will come to you and tell you, five more minutes. There's still a bit of time. Trust me, in Ramadan, you will always get up because you know there's food there, mashallah. <laughs> but when it comes to Salatul Fajr, the shaitan will tell you two minutes, there's five minutes, the water's a bit too cold. You know, this is a little bit, come on, it's heating up. All that, whispers of the devil. Immediately seek protection in Allah from shaitan. Get up and do the right thing. Remember what I said. Save yourselves from the whispers of the devil. 
by seeking Allah's protection immediately and doing the right thing. Astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. Don't just say Astaghfirullah and not mean it. Don't just say A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitanir Rajeem and then you keep on doing this sin. Allah says, and this is verse number 200 of Surah Al-A'raf. Whenever shaitan tries to whisper into you and he tries to actually lure you, immediately seek the refuge in Allah from shaitan, the accursed. For indeed Allah is all hearing, all knowing. You know, we need to be genuine. Sometimes we have the word Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah on our tongues without even knowing it actually means, Oh Allah, forgive me. You know, they say there was a religious man and he went to one country where there's a lot of freedom and the women dress as they will and as they wish. So as he went there, first time in his life, he's seeing women not dressed properly. And he was with the host who was hosting him. He says, Astaghfirullah. So the people, the men were shocked. Hey, what happened here? So he looked down, he said, that woman, Astaghfirullah, you know? And a little, a little while later, he saw someone else, Astaghfirullah. And, he, and then the people got used to this, that he says Astaghfirullah each time that there's a woman passing, because he's not used to it. You know, if you live in a country like this, where so many people are scantily dressed, it becomes such that you look down and you don't even notice. I hope so, inshallah. <laughs> it becomes such that you don't even notice. So this man here, the next day, he did the same thing. He saw a woman and he says, Astaghfirullah. So these people, they got shocked initially again because he was saying it so loudly, you know, but they got used to it. The third day, the man got up in the morning, they came to pick him up and as he, they went into the city, now the driver, who's the host, he noticed a woman also scantily dressed. So he decided to say, Astaghfirullah. That man says, where, where? <laughs> May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. So this is what I mean. We don't use that term without really meaning it. When you say Astaghfirullah, you are saying, Oh Allah, forgive me. It's not just a statement that flies off your, your mouth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us all. Protect yourselves, my brothers and sisters, by being sincere when you say a dua and a supplication. Be sincere. After salah, we say Astaghfirullah. When we say Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, Allahu Akbar, mean it. Think about it. Protect yourselves from your deeds being wasted by you having paid mere lip service to a dhikr that is powerful. You say Subhanallah 33 times, Alhamdulillah 33 times, Allahu Akbar perhaps 34 times. You don't just say it in such a way that you want to get over and done with it. And I want to add something else. My brothers and sisters, try this. When you are fulfilling salah, take your time. Forget about what's going to happen after that salah. Just take your time. And just tell yourself, perhaps this might be the last prayer I'm praying. When you go into sujood, don't be urgent to come up. Take your time. Subhana Rabbi al-A'la. Relax. Wallahi, the feeling that you will get in your heart, you will be able to save yourselves from that deed being wasted. Such a beautiful deed. Don't waste it by not concentrating. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala strengthen us. This is why Allah says, when you are listening to the Qur'an, when the Qur'an is being recited by someone else, not by you, then keep quiet and listen attentively in order for you to achieve the mercy of Allah. Now, the point I want to raise is, if this is the case, when someone else is reading, how much mercy do you think you will get when you are reading? Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. 
So Allah says, verse number 204, When the Quran is being recited, then listen attentively, listen very carefully, be quiet and listen, concentrate in order for you to be able to achieve the mercy of Allah. So save yourselves from throwing away the mercy of Allah by you not concentrating when the Quran is being recited. And like I said, imagine when you are reciting, concentrate on the meanings, try and concentrate on the words. Those of us who don't know the Arabic language, listen to every letter. If to read a letter, you get a reward. Trust me, to listen to a letter, you also get a reward. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. We move to the next surah, Surah Al-Anfal. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the duty that we all have to obey Him and obey the Messenger. Like I said before, there are some people who say, you just follow the Quran. As for the Sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know what? It's okay. By the way, astaghfirullah. Don't ever say that. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, obey Allah, He always adds with it and obey the Messenger. If it was only the Quran, what was the point of him immediately adding and obey the messenger? He would have just said and obey Allah and continue doing your things. But he specifically says many places, including verse number 20 of Surah Al-Anfal. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu ati'uullaha wa rasoolahu wa la tawallaw anhu wa antum tasma'oon. O you who believe, follow Allah and the messenger and don't just turn away when you are hearing the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam instruct or call or say something, don't just turn away. Yes, this instruction at the time of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum and it continues into our time as well. We hear the hadith, we hear the instructions of the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Don't ever be like those who say we are Muslim, but their actions and their deeds are heading in a totally different direction. So Allah says in the very next verse 21, وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ قَالُوا سَمِعْنَا وَهُمْ لَا يَسْمَعُونَ Don't be like those who say that we've heard, but they haven't really heard. Don't be like those who say that we have heard, meaning we know what you are saying, we will now follow, but they don't do anything about it. It's as good as they haven't heard. My brothers and sisters, protect yourselves from the wrath of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by trying your best to obey the instructions of Allah. And I want to add, wherever you have faltered, do not lose hope. Ask Allah's forgiveness. He is most forgiving, most merciful. But you need to seek that forgiveness in order to be forgiven. You cannot just expect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you without you asking for it. Subhanallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala help us all and may He open our doors. And this is why Allah says, those who protect themselves from sin, Allah gives them the ability to distinguish right from wrong. And Allah gives them the ability to tell that which is good from that which is not good. They have a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why? Because they have taqwa. Taqwa meaning, you can translate it as piety. You can translate it as the fear of Allah, but fear in a good way. You can translate it in the fear of disobeying Allah. Perhaps that is more accurate. The fear of disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Verse number 29. Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu in 
فاتقوا الله يجعل لكم فرقانا ويكفر عنكم سيئاتكم او يو هو بيليف اف يو هاف تقوى اف يو ار كونشس اوف الله سبحانه وتعالى هي ويل جيف يو ذا ابيليتي تو ديستينغويش بين رايت اند رونغ هي ويل جيف يو ذا باور تو انديرستاند اند ذا ابيليتي تو تيل وات از جود فروم وات از باد اند اون توب اوف ذات هي ويل فورغيف يور سينز هي ويل فورغيف يور سينز مي الله سبحانه وتعالى بليس اس يو نيد تو نو سمثينغ ماي برادرز اند سيسترز ذا ماينر سينز Sins are divided into two, minor and major. The minor sins, those, they can be forgiven even without you seeking the forgiveness. It is the major sins that you require proper seeking of forgiveness individually from each one of them. But the hadith says, Al-Jumu'atu ila al-Jumu'ati kafaratu lima baynahuma. From one Jumu'ah, if you fulfilled it properly, to the other Jumu'ah, if you fulfilled it properly, in the middle, all those minor sins, they drop out, they wipe out. Allahu Akbar. Imagine, and like that there are so many ahadith. Al-umratu ila al-umrati, kafaratu lima baynahuma. The hadith says one umrah to another umrah. The sins in between that are minor, they are wiped out. That's a gift of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So my brothers and sisters, when you fear Allah and you've been doing good for a long time, it will automatically wipe out the bad. Here is the statement of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, أَتْبِعِ السَّيِّئَةَ الْحَسَنَةَ تَمْحُهَا وَخَالِقِ النَّاسَ بِخُلُقٍ حَسَنٍ He says, Follow up your sin. Here we are speaking about minor sins. Follow up your sin with good deeds so that the sin will be wiped out by those good deeds. Beautiful. And then he says, and treat people with good character and conduct. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestow upon us his goodness. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and my brothers and sisters, this is beautiful. Absolutely amazing. We are talking about save yourselves, right? In the series. Do you know that if you have good company, because of that company, you can be saved? If Allah is going to punish, for example, a person, but because they are in the presence of another person whom Allah loves, Allah won't punish them. This is why we say, get into the company of those who are good. Listen to what Allah says. The punishment was about to descend upon the people of Quraysh. They were harming the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Verse number 33 of Surah Al-Anfal. Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ لِيُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَأَنْتَ فِيهِمْ Allah will never punish them for as long as you, O Muhammad wasallam, are in their midst. You are there. How can we punish them when you are right there? Allahu Akbar. What do I learn from this? Wallahi, sometimes a community deserves the punishment of Allah, but because of two or three friends of Allah inside of that community, Allah says, I'm holding back. It can happen. So be in good company. My brothers and sisters, it not only will it help you, but it will save you from the punishment of Allah as well. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then something I spoke about yesterday, and I want to speak about it again today. Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ اللَّهُ مُعَذِّبَهُمْ وَهُمْ يَسْتَغْفِرُونَ And Allah will not punish them while they are seeking forgiveness. While someone is seeking forgiveness, Allah won't punish you. So when you see something disastrous coming in your direction, quickly say, Astaghfirullah, oh Allah, forgive me. Oh Allah, I turn my bad ways, my habits. Oh Allah, forgive me, I repent to you. Change so that that which is coming in your direction will not be a punishment. It might be a test, it might be a calamity, it might be a difficulty, it's not a punishment. How do we know? Allah says, we're not going to punish you while you are telling us, oh Allah, forgive me. Why should we punish you when we are ghafoorur rahim? We are most forgiving, most merciful. We won't punish you. Brothers and sisters, to save yourself, what a beautiful way. Keep on seeking the forgiveness of Allah. 
I want to say a narration. The Prophet ﷺ used to seek the forgiveness of Allah up to 100 times a day. He didn't need it. He did not need it. He used to say it up to 100 times a day. There is another narration which says, Wallahi, we as the companions of Rasulullah in one gathering, we used to listen to him praise Allah and ask Allah's mercy up to 100 times. In one gathering, you're sitting with him and he says, May Allah have mercy on us. May Allah bless us. May Allah bestow upon us. May Allah grant us guidance. May Allah forgive us. How many times he used to say that? Brothers and sisters, I'm sure we are guilty. We need it more desperately than anyone else. And we don't even say it. So many days passed, we haven't even said Astaghfirullah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then makes mention of something that I will end with insha'Allah. Allah says, the gifts I have bestowed upon you, I won't take them away unless and until you have changed your ways and become bad. Then I take it away. Listen to this. Verse number 54 of Surah Al-Anfal. Allah says, ذَٰلِكَ بِأَنَّ اللَّهَ لَمْ يَكُ مُغَيِّرًا نِعْمَةً أَنْعَمَهَا عَلَىٰ قَوْمٍ حَتَّى يُغَيِّرُوا مَا بِأَنفُسِهِمْ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not take away the gifts that He has bestowed upon a nation until they themselves deserve that taking away because they have changed themselves. They have changed and become bad people. When Allah gives you wealth, after you were making dua for wealth, suddenly you're no longer there for salah. Suddenly you're going to the clubs. Now you're with the prostitutes and so on. May Allah forgive us. If that is the case, Allah says, we're going to take it away from you. And when we take it, we will take it away as a punishment. May Allah not do that to us. So my brothers and sisters, keep on bearing in mind, when Allah gives you, become even closer to Allah. Become more humble. Because Allah can snatch it away. At the back of an island. Allahu Akbar. May Allah never do that to us. May Allah bless us all. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah bihamdihi subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa ant. Nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayk.